my mom and her sisters often get together and talk about their childhood. And they were born in the 1940s where blacks were not allowed to go to the hospital. They were born in Tallahassee, Florida. So it was a treat to be able to give birth in the hospital, even though it may have been better to have it at home, that becomes a status for you. Well, I'm gonna go to the hospital and have my baby. So if you were to have it at home, that's taking a step back in our minds because now we're allowed to go to the hospital. We're encouraged to go to the hospital. You decided you were gonna go back to the old ways of doing it. So for me, looking at that, I said, why would she want to rob herself of the technological advances that they give the white women? You know, but I hated those technological advances because they did nothing good for me. I am Mojiyai, an unschooling mama and doula living a self-directed minimalist lifestyle. I am launching Wellness Spiral for you and anybody else who wants to tune in to their intuitive healthcare. The show notes page for today's episode is raisingfreepeople.com forward slash eight seven. Joining me today is Kimberly State, a good friend of mine. We've been friends for over 20 years now. He was one of my supporters during the birth of my daughter. She and her son were there. Uh, hello, I'm Kimberly Staten, uh, originally from Lakeland, Florida, moved to Gainesville over 20 years ago. I'm a mother to one son, a wife, and a daughter. Let's talk a little bit about birth. Were you ever told that you could not have children because of your health issues? I wasn't ever told that I couldn't have children. I just thought because of my menstrual cycle coming at such an early age and I had always had a bleeding problem, I thought that maybe that was also going to lead to fertility issues, but my doctor never told me that I wouldn't be able to get pregnant. Tell me a little bit about your experience um, while pregnant and then also while birthing. Being pregnant was one of the most miserable times of my life. Mm. I was in constant pain, pelvic pain. I would wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and I would just cry out, Lord, please let me make it through this and I will never do it again, is what I said, because it was miserable. I went up to 412 pounds by the end of my pregnancy and I had swollen ankles. I had high blood pressure. I had just a miserable, miserable pregnancy. I didn't enjoy one moment of it. Well, I'm sorry about that. How about your your doctors and nurses and stuff? How did you feel when you went to the doctor? Well, because I was morbidly obese, I was a high-risk pregnancy. So they sent me over to a facility for high-risk pregnancies. And there, they you don't have a regular gynecologist each time or obstetrician, you see a different person every time because in this 
facility, there's so many women in this facility that you never know who's going to deliver your baby. So you don't have the opportunity to develop a personal relationship with the person who's going to be delivering your baby. And every time you see the person, see the new person, you have to explain yourself all over again. Even when I was in the waiting room, uh, looking around, I saw mostly women of color. I saw women past the prime age for childbirth, I guess you could say. There was one woman who had been a cancer patient who had gotten pregnant. And so we all had our issues, but uh, I never will forget. They called up Kimberly Sanchez. And I said, well, I know my name is Kimberly, but I know it's not Sanchez. And I said, I'm going to go up here and ask them, do you mean me? And I did. And they said, well, you knew what I, what we meant. And I said, okay. So I knew then that I was just another number. It felt like we were in a cattle call. And I went back to my regular, my primary OBGYN. I said, listen, can you please take me back as your patient? Because I can't take going over to this place. He said, I would love to take you back. But if something happens to you during childbirth, I'm not equipped to administer any kind of emergency services that you or the child may need. You've got to be at this facility because they're more equipped to handle it. So I felt like I had to go there. I didn't feel like I had any recourse, you know. A lot of women actually, even if they're not high risk, you don't know who you're going to get every time because Mm -hmm. um, most of these practices have bunch of doctors right. and whoever is on call is going to be the one who's there right. when you go to, into birth, which is why uh, doulas are good because that one person, at least you know, you've known them you know, throughout your pregnancy and they will be a familiar face there. Right. They'll know your story. They'll know, you know, what you want. Right. And yeah, so that's one of the continuous care is one of the uh, benefits of having a doula. Right. Okay. So uh, during birth, I don't know who you had there, but how did that go? Did you feel good about how the birth went? Truth be told, I don't even remember giving birth because my blood pressure had spiked to a level that was dangerous. When I walked in there at 412 pounds, I had told them my goal was to give birth naturally. And they said, okay, but my blood pressure was reading like 212 over 110. So I was already in a pretty dangerous situation. They went ahead because my blood pressure was so high and induced my labor. So by them inducing it, they knew it would put my blood pressure up even more. So then they put me on a on something to lower my blood pressure. So the two drugs interacting produced a kind of hallucinogenic effect on me. So I was talking out of my mind. I couldn't focus. I was just hallucinating. I just didn't know what was going on. So my husband was there. My mom and dad were there. I had all kind of visitors coming in and out, but I like I was in an out-of-body experience. So I really didn't know what was going on. All I knew is the doctor kept telling me to turn to the right and turn to the left, turn to the right and turn to the left. And as I learned later, I guess they were trying to 
regulate my blood pressure by having me turn right and left. And I didn't understand anything that was happening. Did you know what the side effects of the drugs were before you did, got them? They said, okay, well, we're going to give you this blood pressure lowering medication and it's going to make you feel a little bit loopy. And I said, okay, you know, I've been loopy before, but I'm a person who I didn't want to take any kind of uh, pain medication. I didn't want an epidural, anything like that. So, because I do like to be in control. And when they said it would make me feel loopy, I didn't really like it, but I said, okay, you know, it's for the blood pressure, so I have to do it. But it was definitely more than loopy. Then they end up giving me an epidural anyway, because they could see that I wasn't going to be able to endure the pushing. And so they went ahead and gave me the epidural. When they stuck the epidural in, I immediately projectile vomited. So I don't know what that was all about. How was um, everything after that? They did the emergency C-section. And I didn't bond with the baby at first because, for one, I was I was still very highly medicated and I couldn't really get my mind right. And then the baby didn't look like what I had envisioned in my mind. So when I saw him, I couldn't have a connection with him, which, you know, that's my own thing. But uh, then I didn't have my glasses. They misplaced my glasses and I couldn't hardly see. I had a crook in my neck. It was just miserable. And that catheter they had put in was pinching me. I just wanted to rip it out. So I wasn't in the right frame of mind to bond with my baby, to do anything with my baby. Then they immediately wanted me to breastfeed. And unfortunately, I have inverted nipples. So the baby was not able to latch. They put a silicone nipple on to for him to try to latch on to that. He didn't. He rejected it. So when I woke up and came to, they were trying to breastfeed him with me knocked out still with this artificial nipple on me. And when I woke up, my coworker was there holding the silicone nipple on me. My dad was over in the corner holding the baby. And then the lactation specialist was directing the whole thing. When I came to, I was just, I was upset. I was uncomfortable. I was mad. A whole bunch of people all up on your body. Right. Because they kept telling me the baby's got to latch on. And because I did, I wanted to do everything natural. But everything about this whole experience was so unnatural that I wanted to breastfeed so bad because everything else had been so artificial. And so I pretty much just forewent my comfort to let them try to do this. My dad was there. I didn't want him in the room. My mom was at home because she and my husband had been there all night. They were tired. Those are the two people I wanted there. My coworker was seeing my breast. I didn't want her there. She was holding my breast in her hand when I woke up. So, you know, she just came to see the baby and she ended up holding my breast. It was just very surreal, but I was doing everything I could to try to get this young into milk. Oh, 
I can't even imagine what I would do if I woke up and some strange people who I didn't want, especially a co-worker, to be touching your breast. He was there. They just got some random visitor to be touching your body. They were cool. It doesn't so, matter. Yeah. So much violation. The hospital experience from the time I entered to the time I left was bad for me. But the worst of it was that I end up getting my son circumcised while we were there and they botched his circumcision. So that was even the most painful thing for me because I said nothing about this went right. So by the time we finally got home, it was just such a blessing to just be away from that hospital environment. I felt instantly better being away from there, you know. IG or Facebook, little by little birth. The way we think about birth, technology and capitalism and media and power, <laughs> all that together has changed the way we think about birth, the way we birth, and mostly in negative ways, in my opinion. But there are some wonderful women out here midwives of color who are teaching and learning the ways of our ancestors, of the elder midwives, and some of them are still alive. And so it's not completely lost. We're doing the work. Midwifery itself has been institutionalized and it's exclusive. Of course, everything that's institutionalized is exclusive of Black people. And so... There are not as many black midwives as there were, but many of us are still are doing the work. There are people who are teaching about the herbs, southern herbs used in prenatal and postpartum health. There are many doulas of color. There's even a list, um, and I'll put it in the show notes, but there's a website you can go to and you can find midwives and birth workers of color in any state that was put together by sister midwife, Nicole. Um, So I'll put that in the show notes and I'll also put other resources that if you're a doula or birth worker of color that you may find interesting courses and, and other resources for midwives of color and birth workers of color. I also created WOW, Wise African Women, a platform for midwives and birth workers of the diaspora, the African diaspora, to talk about the education of midwifery and the culture of midwifery in our communities and also on the continent. We will be having our first midwifery education summit slash retreat. It's going to be in Benin next year in May. If you'd like more information about that, let me know and I will send you some more information about it. It will be lots of fun and we'll be learning from each other and from the land. And um, if you have never been to 
anywhere in Africa, I suggest you always go with a group of people of color. This may be a good opportunity for you. The show notes page for today's episode is raisingfreepeople.com forward slash eight seven. My IG or Facebook, little by little birth. Thanks for listening to Farah the Free Child podcast. Like the show? Then show your love or give your feedback at akilasrichards.com.